terms of pace, they are right at the top of the list. And fast break points, they are dangerous. Tatum finds some room and knocks down the three. What's up, what's up, what's up, L.A. basketball fans? It's your boy, L.A. Ray Harris of L.A. Courtside Podcast. Podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network and sponsored by DraftKings.com. So last night, I want to talk about the Lakers' 130-108 to loss to the Boston Celtics. I'll call that a I'll call it a, a shellacking by the Boston Celtics as Jason Tatum just went off on the Lakers, uh, just totally went off. This is one of the best young players in the game. Uh, I don't think he gets the um, recognition that he really deserves, even though the guy is an All Star, thirteen out of twenty six from the field for thirty seven points. But what I want to touch on though, in terms of the Lakers or with respect to the Lakers, is with Anthony Davis. And as I was watching this game last night, I always uh, have the Twitter, my Twitter account open as I like to um, read the fans, the tea leaves of the fans while the game is going on. And I'm not sure what the Lakers fans want from this guy. Anthony Davis, a top 10 player in this game. I hear, well, he needs to play the four or he needs to play the five. He needs to get his big ass in the paint. Uh, Some people want to get rid of Anthony Davis. I really, really don't get it. Here's a guy who not only can he post up in the block and be very, very effective, he can run the fast break or fill the lane on the fast break. He can take his man off the dribble, which he did a couple of times last night, and dunk. The guy rebounds. The guy blocks shots. He hasn't been playing any different from when the Lakers won a championship in the bubble. I don't see any difference in his game. I see a difference in the Lakers team overall. As far as the type of players that they have on the team, their defense was, of course, better when they won that championship in the uh, bubble in Orlando. This team is not nearly as good defensively. But as far as Anthony Davis goes, from what I can see, he's playing the exact same way. This in today's NBA, the this is like positionless basketball. Pretty much there's there's some fives, of course, in this league. When I say five, I mean center, of course that they're just true sinners. But uh, but today's NBA is not your mom and pop NBA from back in the day. It's just not. You don't have your many Moses Malones who always has his ass in the paint or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar or Wes Unseld or any of those type of players. This is a different game today. Now, comparing Anthony Davis, if we want to say the five, comparing him to other sinners in today's NBA, Nikola Jokic, the Joker from Denver. Is he a true five? He plays in the paint a whole lot more than Anthony Davis does, but you will also see the Joker shooting threes. You will also see the Joker running fast breaks. And I'm not talking about just filling the lane like Anthony Davis does. I've seen the Joker actually run the fast break with the ball in his hands. He's an adept passer. He's not your traditional five. 
so to speak, Joel Embiid. Now, and I'm again, I'm not comparing Anthony Davis to these guys. I'm just trying to make a point about the five, and Anthony Davis should be at the five. Joel Embiid, big guy. Does he have his ass in the paint all the time? Of course not. Joel Embiid shoots plenty of threes when he's open. When he's open, he definitely shoots them. Makes some, he misses some. Carl Anthony Towns, another big guy. Does he have his ass in the paint on every single possession? Of course not. I've seen Carl Anthony Towns shoot plenty of three-point shots. Plenty of them. Now you have guys like Rudy Gobert. He's a true five. He's not going to be out there on a the perimeter shooting threes or anything like that. Turn around jumpers from the baseline like Anthony Davis does. He's a true five. DeAndre Ayton, Phoenix Suns. True five. He's not going to be out there firing up three-point shots. So, Saying all that to say that Anthony Davis has a very, very, uh, very, very good game all around. He can post you up. He can shoot turnaround jumpers from the baseline. And as far as a three-point shot, you know, he's not shooting that well this year. And I think this is where all the vitriol of Lakin fans is coming from with Anthony Davis. He's only shooting 17% from beyond the arc this year. But he's a career 30% three-point shooter. Joel Embiid is a career 33% three-point shooter. When Joel Embiid is out there shooting threes, I don't I don't hear any Philadelphia fans yelling, hey, man, don't shoot that three. Get your ass in the paint. Because Joel Embiid on occasion will hit that shot. The Joker, he's a 35% career three-point shooter. You know, as far as I'm concerned, that's, you know, all three of those guys, that's three out of ten shots they make. Anthony Davis is not Ben Simmons. And I'm going to get to Ben Simmons in my second segment, by the way, as talk has begun about uh, I'm talking about Laker fans in wanting Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. That would be my second segment. Of course, I will have a comment on that. But Anthony Davis, if he's open beyond the arc, especially if he's by himself. Now, if he's forcing up three point shots. OK, I get that. When he shoots that three, he's not forcing them up. He's just he's pretty much he's out there by himself. And 30%, 3 out of 10, that will make the defense at least respect the fact that he will shoot that ball up. Again, he is not Ben Simmons. He's not going to be afraid to shoot the ball. You know, you can look at the Greek freak of Milwaukee. You know, he's definitely not a center. You know, he's more like a a power forward. But he doesn't have the best three-point shot in the world. His three-point shot is not even average in many people's opinion. But guess what? If he's out there beyond that arc by himself, he will shoot that ball. And I don't hear any Milwaukee fans uh, 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 saying negative things about the Greek freak in, in terms of shooting too many threes. Anthony Davis is not the problem for the L.A. Lakers. He is not. He's been playing the best basketball for this team since the start of the season. Now, of course, And that's less LeBron James, of course. LeBron James has been injured. But outside of LeBron James, who else on the Lakers is playing better than Anthony Davis? Certainly not Russell Westbrook. He's not playing better than Anthony Davis. Without Anthony Davis, who knows what the the Lakers record would be without him. And last night's game with the the Celtics, Anthony Davis started off the first quarter. He was killing it. He may have scored around 12 points or something like that. I mean, the guy showed his whole repertoire again. He was running the court, receiving passes on the fast break. 
you know, the baseline, the baseline jumper. He had one, he did have one lucky shot off the, off the backboard, real high off the backboard. I don't know if he called glass on that one, but he has some, uh, uh an alley-oop dunk. You know, he has some putbacks in the lane. It all depends on matchups. And I think that's what some Laker fans are missing. It's, it's the matchup piece. So, with Anthony Davis, I don't think you should put or pigeonhole him with a, a label that he's a four or a five or even a three. Positionless basketball. It all depends on matchups. And Frank Vogel has to, uh, he's a coach. You know, he has to recognize what the matchups are and play Anthony Davis to his strengths depending on who they play. If Anthony Davis is being guarded by a smaller guy, then yes, he can take his ass in the paint, or he should take his ass in the paint, and dominate the smaller player. If he's playing against a guy who's just as big as he is, or bigger, you know, let's say like a DeAndre Ayton, for example, or Joel Embiid, or the Joker, guys like that, Anthony Davis is not going to make a living in the paint. Now, on occasion, he could do some damage down there in the paint. But for the most part, if he's playing a guy that's bigger than him, I don't mind him uh, floating outside of the paint. Now, that doesn't mean that he has to jack up threes on every possession or every time he shoots the ball. Anthony Davis is good from 12 to 15 feet out. You know, he doesn't have to be beyond the arc. You know, the guy has a, has a well-rounded game. And I just don't see the vitriol coming from the Lakers fans. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to trade a guy? Okay, don't come with the with the uh, you know the ridiculous trades uh, that I hear sometimes. Well, maybe maybe Philadelphia can uh, take him and give us Joel Embiid, give us Bam Adebayo. You know, come on, Anthony Davis isn't going anywhere. It's up to the coach, Frank Vogel, to take advantage of whatever matchup Anthony Davis has. And again. I do not think Anthony Davis is the problem with this team by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, for example, last night, although the Lakers lost, the guy was 12 out of 21 from the field. Yes, he was 0-3 from beyond the arc. He only shot it three times. I can take that. That's fine. What if he'd have made all three of those shots? Okay, they had lost 130-117. Six rebounds, couple of assists, three blocks, 31 points. What more can you ask for for Anthony Davis? 31 points. He's averaging 24 points per game this year. It's typical Anthony Davis. 51% from the field, he's shooting. 76% from the free throw line. 10 rebounds. What more can you ask for? Again, his three-point shooting is down, 17.6%. But guess what? I'd say by the end of the year, between now and the end of the year, he'll be around that career at 30% from the field. Hell, hell I'll, round, I'll even round it up as 30.7. Let's say 31%. This is giving the benefit of the doubt. Anthony Davis, top 10 player in the game. It's not your it's not your problem, Laker fans. We all know what the problem is, and all that is is Russell Westbrook getting acclimated to playing on the court with LeBron James. Now, after this game, a reporter asked Westbrook in a post-game interview, and one thing I, I would definitely give Westbrook credit for is he doesn't shy away from the tough interview. The Lakers have had some tough losses, and they have had to answer a lot of questions from fans, from reporters, and probably amongst themselves. 
But Russell Westbrook doesn't shy away from the microphone, and he'll tell it like it is. And last night, I'm not sure who the reporter was that asked him uh, about the fact that he and LeBron James have only played seven games together. And he, I'm paraphrasing here, uh, how does he think things are going with LeBron James or what can he do or what can they do to get better or how long is it going to take for those two to gel and compliment each other? Again, I'm paraphrasing there, but you get my point. And he pretty much said, I mean, it was a kind of an easy question to answer. Westbrook simply said, you're right, it's seven games. We played seven games together. It's not going to happen overnight. Even though these two guys are all-stars, they're Hall of Famers, very, very excellent professional basketball players. It's going to take them longer. Now, the question is, you know, how patient are the Laker fans going to be? And and maybe not not even that, not even that. Forget about the fans. Well, not forget about the fans. We're not forgetting about the fans. I'm a fan as well. It's how patient is Lakers brass going to be? How patient is Palinka going to be? How patient is LeBron James going to be? Aha, may have touched on something here. A lot of people think LeBron James is the one to put this team together. I tell you what, I know he had a lot of influence in doing it. If he didn't do it all by himself, Palinka. Vogel, and I'm sure LeBron James had a hand in bringing Westbrook over to the Lakers. Now, how much longer is this going to go on? How much longer are the Lakers going to uh, toil in mediocrity? Because right now they're a mediocre basketball team. Sure, they've got five future Hall of Famers on the team. Doesn't mean the Hill of Beans, if you're getting blown out by the Boston Celtics, 130-108 without Jalen Brown out there on the floor. So, how long is it going to be before the pressure gets on to trade Russell Westbrook? I mean, let's let's call it what it is. And again, in my second segment, I'm going to talk about rumors that's already floating around about uh, Ben Simmons. But that's going to be the key to the Lakers is how long are they going to wait? Now, of course, they still have the injury bug. They still have a reason that's out. You still have Kendrick Nunn that's out. I've even seen on Twitter fans are ready to trade Kendrick Nunn already. Guy hasn't even played. I think he, I, when they signed him, I think he was a great addition to the team along with Malik Monk. So he hasn't played yet. Not sure exactly when Nunn's going to be back. And then Austin Reeves is still out as well, the hot shot rookie who's, who was playing pretty well before he got injured. But Trevor Ariza is a guy that the Lakers can really, really use at this point in time. Frank Vogel, the coach, a lot of people are questioning his lineups, his rotation. Avery Bradley, people are questioning that. Why is Avery Bradley in a starting lineup? Played 26 minutes last night, two or four from the field. He made both of his uh, shots beyond the arc, scored six points. Not too bad, but it wasn't a high output by any stretch of the imagination. Instead of Avery Bradley in that starting lineup, could you plug in, say, Malik Monk? Or do you want Monk to continue to come off the bench and give that energy to the second unit? How about Wayne Ellington start starting in place of Avery Bradley? You know, a lot of people don't like the Wayne Ellington signing. I think Wayne Ellington, in the long run, in the long run, Laker fans, Lake Show, Laker Nation, in the long run, I think Ellington is going to be a nice addition to this team. He does what he does. He's a three-point assassin. He did not play well last night. He was 0-3 from beyond the arc. Did not score. Okay? But a lot of people say, hey, 
if the guy doesn't get consistent minutes, you know, he's not going to be effective. So if Wayne Ellington was in that starting lineup ahead of Bradley, you know, maybe he could get those consistent minutes and help to stretch the floor. So, you know, is it Bradley? Bazemore is not going to be put back in the starting lineup. Looks like he's been relegated to the bench. He was starting at the beginning of the year. He played last night, two or four from the field, but he only played four minutes. He played in garbage time. So Bazemore is not the answer. And then obviously you're not going to start Carmelo Anthony. He's the guy that comes off the bench. He's your three-point assassin along with Ellington. Carmelo played okay last night, 26 minutes, three out of six from the field. Made all uh, uh, three or four, I'm sorry, from uh, beyond the arc and scored 13 points. So Carmelo Anthony has been playing pretty well uh, since the start of the season. But again, I just wanted to focus on the Anthony Davis piece. He is not the problem on this basketball team, folks. He is definitely not. This guy, let him play his game. His game has not changed since the championship in the bubble. And I did not hear anybody complaining about Anthony Davis's game during that championship run in the bubble. No complaints about Anthony Davis. None whatsoever. And last year when LeBron James got hurt, Anthony Davis was carrying his team for a while until he got hurt himself. He was pretty much carrying the Lakers. So where do the Lakers go from here? Where do they go? As Russell Westbrook said in that interview last night, they just have to continue plugging away, continue uh, practicing and trying to get that cohesion with each other. The Lakers need to get some of their injured players back. LeBron James came back last night and played a LeBron James type game. 32 minutes, 10 out of 16 from the field. Only three of seven from beyond the arc, but he's another guy. LeBron James. Is LeBron James a great three-point shooter? Absolutely not. Now, he's a better shooter than Anthony Davis, of course, but when LeBron James shoots the three, it's not like it's it's automatic or not even semi-automatic. You know, he clanks some as well. But no one says, hey, LeBron James, I need you to drive to the basket more. Or I need you to go in the paint, you know, drive and dish. You know, when LeBron James shoots that three, sometimes he shoots the three from the logo. Okay? He makes a, a couple of them here and there. But for the most part, he's not making shots from way out there. But LeBron played a LeBron-type game, six rebounds. He did have three turnovers, though. That's kind of concerning. Um, two steals. So he played pretty well, 23 points. Played really, really well for his first game back after the abdominal injury. Taylor Horton Tucker, though, came back down to earth. He came back down to earth. The three games that he played, I think the first game he scored 17 points, and then the next couple of points, uh, games, I'm sorry, he was over 20 points. This particular game, he played 27 minutes, started, or of six from the field. Only scored two points. He did not have a typical THT type of game. But he's another guy, not worried about him. He's just coming over that injury, the injury to his thumb on his shooting hand. So it's going to take him a while to find some cohesion you know, with the starting lineup. And when he came back, he was probably just playing on adrenaline in those first three games. But in this particular game, he came back down to earth. Now losing to the Boston Celtics in Boston against Jason Tatum. Okay. That's nothing to be ashamed of. Jason Tatum folks is, I tell you what, that is one of the best, absolute best young players in this game. I really, really enjoy watching him play 
13 out of 26 from the field. Four of nine from beyond the arc. The kid can definitely shoot from beyond the arc. He can rebound. He had 11 rebounds, plus 10 in the plus-minus column. He scored 37 points. Lakers had absolutely no answer for this guy. No answer whatsoever. Even Marcus Smart. And I'm not a huge Marcus Smart fan, but he's one of those guys that's irritating out there on the court. Gets up under your skin. He was playing really, really good defense in one stretch of that game on Malik Monk. And Malik Monk couldn't handle uh, Smart when, when Monk was guarding Smart. And we all know Monk is not the greatest defender in the world. But Marcus Smart is also not the best offensive player in the world as well. But he was 9 out of 13 from the field in the game last night. Nine rebounds and six assists. Marcus Smart. Marcus freaking Smart. Killing the Lakers. 22 points. And the old nemesis, Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder, you know he was jacked up for this game. And boy, was he jacked up. He played 34 minutes, 8 out of 14 from the field. It looks like, or looked like, he was having so much fun on that court. So much fun. Six assists, six rebounds. Very, very good all-around game. 21 points, and he was loving every minute of it. You know he was. Every minute of it. Now, he's crazy for turning down that, I believe, it was what was it, a four-year, $82 million contract last year from the Lakers, allegedly that he was offered, and he ended up with the Boston Celtics. But he played really, uh, really, really well last night. Al Horford is a guy. Seems like he's doesn't seem like he's been around, like, forever. Doesn't seem like he's a guy that played in the 1980s. You know, when the when the, the bad boy Pistons and Michael Jordan and the New York Knicks and Patrick Ewing and all those guys was playing, seems like it. Even he had a wonderful game last night, 18 points, five out of nine from the field. So Boston was they were they were hitting on all cylinders. All cylinders last night. And the Lakers just didn't have any answer. And the bugaboo that the Lakers have gone through so far this entire season is coming out in the third quarter and basically playing a lackluster game as opposed to how they come out in the first quarter. First quarter against Boston last night, the Lakers outscored Boston 38-30. to They had all kind of energy. As I mentioned before, Anthony Davis came out with plenty of energy. LeBron James, I think he hit his first like three or four shots. Everybody's like, ooh, LeBron James is back. Here come the Lakers. Look out. And they played well. The cohesion was there. 38-30 to after one. In that second quarter, though, they were outscored by Boston 30-23. to And then after halftime, look out. The ship was sinking. Boston outscored them 33-21, and it was pretty much a done deal. The fourth quarter was just as they had to play it. And the Lakers even outscored in the fourth quarter. It was pretty much garbage time, 37-26. to So in the second half, it, it looked like it was a lackluster performance. And they've been doing that for the entire season so far. I don't know why they don't come out with the energy after halftime as they have in the first couple of quarters. Is that an indictment on Frank Vogel? Yeah. I mean, hey, coach is responsible. Coach is responsible for making adjustments at halftime, and it doesn't seem like the Lakers are doing that. Defensively, they are not good. They are not good. I saw a highlight of uh, Mr. Caruso uh, who, of course, plays for the Bulls. And I did not think that they would miss him that much. But his defense for the Bulls has been stellar. And they definitely miss him. 
definitely miss him on the defensive end. And also on the offensive end, Caruso could hit, you know, shots every now and then from deep. And a very, very good defender, very, very good ball hawk. They definitely miss him. So, you know, again, Lakers, where do you go from here? Westbrook, by the way, was only five out of 13 from the field, one of four from beyond the arc. If anybody that should not be shooting three-point shots, it would be Westbrook. If, if I had a, if it was a three-point shooting contest between Westbrook and Anthony Davis, if they were just standing out there from beyond the arc and firing up threes or playing horse from beyond the arc, I think I would take Anthony Davis in that situation. Westbrook's shot from three is is flat. It just doesn't. The rotation doesn't look good. He looks uncomfortable shooting it. Every now and then he'll make one. He made one last night, one out of four. He has six assists, however, and did not turn the ball over as much as he has in the past. He only had two turnovers, but he only scored 12 points. So, Laker fans, you know, it's, 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 it's one of those things where you have to be patient. You really, really have to be patient with this team. I know Laker Nation, Laker Nation, you love the Lakers, and you should. 17 championships speaks for itself. But you can't give up on this team right now. You you absolutely cannot give up on this team right now. I was on the Twitter space last night of uh, Laker Fanatics. Laker Fanatics is a uh, a site, of course, that a lot of Laker fans – are on Twitter and they of course talk about everything Los Angeles Lakers and one of the social media I believe she may be a writer for them or she gives content on the Laker Fanatics site uh, Raquel and she was on the Twitter space last night and she made a very very good point about you know, fans in general, you know, we sit back and we analyze the games and, you know, we're not professionals or anything like that. None of us are in the NBA, but you know, we have our opinion. Some of our opinions may be way, way off, but you know, we're, we're like Monday morning quarterbacks and we, we analyze these games as best we can. But the bottom line is the Lakers brass starting with Frank Vogel. He's going to have to figure this out. You know, it's not up to us to figure it out. It's up to Frank Vogel. To figure it out. And or Rob Palinka. If there's going to be some sort of trade made, Rob Palinka, you should be working those telephones right now. Or GM LeBron James, someone, but it's not us fans. You know, that's what they call us fans, fanatics. Fans are short for fanatics. We're going to sit back. We're going to analyze. We're going to criticize. We're going to, we're going to offer ridiculous trades. You know, that's what we do as fans. But the bottom line is, again, Palinka. Vogel. It's up to them to figure this thing out. Right this ship. Get it together. Get this train moving down the right track. Again, you you guys know my dream is for an all LA Western Conference Finals between the Lakers and the Clippers. Clippers beat uh bit the dust last night themselves. They bit the dust. So I'm still hopeful that that's gonna happen. Lakers and Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, but both of these teams, they have a lot of work to do if that's going to happen. And by the way, speaking of Raqu- uh, Raquel and Laker Fanatics, you can follow her at SoulBeautifulMe on Twitter. And she really knows her basketball. And if you get an opportunity to go to the Laker Fanatics uh, space after these games, you can go on there and uh, typically you will find Raquel on there giving her 
opinion on the Los Angeles Lakers. So that's a little shout out to uh, Raquel of Laker Fanatics. Before I go to the second segment uh, regarding Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook, here's a word from our sponsor, DraftKings.com. The NHL season is underway and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However they like the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win 100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net. Nets you a big win with promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Laker fans, again, this is your boy L.A. Ray Harris, L.A. Courtside Podcast. Again, brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And as you just heard, we are sponsored by DraftKings.com. So just briefly want to talk about the rumors that's getting ready to start. And you know they are getting ready to start. And that is regarding Russell Westbrook and Mr. Ben Simmons of the Philadelphia 76ers. Now, if you listen to any of my previous episodes you know I am not a huge Ben Simmons fan and it really doesn't have that much to do with his game although his offensive game sucks let's just call it what it is his offensive game sucks okay I'm not a huge Ben Simmons fan because I don't like the way he's handled this situation with the Philadelphia 76ers in the Philadelphia 76ers organization they're not absolved of any of this uh, situation as well um, they've kind of brought some of this on themselves as well. However, Ben Simmons, the player, Ben Simmons, the person, it's the person that I don't care too much about. Now, as far as his play, I've always said, and I stand by this, why would you want a player on your team who is absolutely terrified to shoot the basketball? Uh, you know, you know, people say, well, just if he goes to another team, he just needs to practice. You know, his mechanics is off. He just needs to practice on his mechanics. Dude, if you're in the NBA right now at what is Ben Simmons, I don't know, 25, 26, maybe something like that. If you can't shoot by now, 
or if you have that that mindset where you're just not going to do it, you're never going to do it. I don't care what team you play for. Now, however, would that be able to fit in with this Lakers team? And I'm not so much talking about uh, Russell Westbrook. Uh, is that round peg into a square hole so far is, is rearing his ugly head. But if you put Ben Simmons on the Lakers, you don't. it's not like you have to worry about offense. It's not like, okay, well, we, we're losing Westbrook, a high-volume score. If you lost Russell Westbrook and brought Ben Simmons onto the Lakers, the Lakers are still going to score points. They still have AD. They still have LeBron James. They still have Carmelo Anthony. They still have Malik Monk. Kendrick Nunn is uh, is coming back. Austin Reeves is is coming back. You're gonna have Ariza coming back. The Lakers have plenty of scoring without Russell Westbrook. And if you get a Ben Simmons on this team, now you have a guy who can facilitate the offense, and he's not gonna worry about his shot because he's not gonna look for it that much. And Ben Simmons, for for everything that I don't like about him, what I do like about him, from a basketball perspective is that he drives to the basket, he can dish, he can definitely pass the ball. He's an elite defender. And at 6'10", 6'9", or 6'10", whatever he is, he can rebound, okay? The kid just can't shoot. It just irritates me to my soul to see a guy like that standing behind a three-point line or even inside of the three-point line, at the free-throw line, and not even looking at the basket, and when he gets to the free throw line, I mean, God forbid what's going to happen there. He's a very, very poor free throw shooter. But again, with the L.A. Lakers, though, he would not be counted on at all in terms of scoring. He can take over the uh, pretty much the, the point guard position. or He would take over the point guard position. He'd take pressure off LeBron James and handling the ball so much. He can facilitate that offense. What Ben Simmons does he, he comes if it's not a fast break, he gets the ball in the backcourt after the, after the other team makes a basket. He walks the ball across half court. He dribbles a few steps. He gets to the close uh, close to the top of the key and he's looking to pass the ball. He's not looking to shoot it. He's looking to pass it. He's looking to dump it down to Embiid or to Seth Curry off of a curl or to Tobias Harris or something like that. He's not looking for his own shot unless he thinks he has a clear lane to the basket. That would be probably perfect for the Lakers. Your defense will improve. Your rebounding will improve. You know, Ben Simmons does have a high basketball IQ. I definitely give him that. The kid has skills. Okay, when I when I dog Ben Simmons out in my previous episodes, uh, some of it is tongue-in-cheek, but I understand that the guy is still an all-star player. He's just not a very good shooter at all. And who knows, maybe he'll get with the Lakers and get some confidence in a shot. I don't think so. But it may be worth a try. Now, as I mentioned earlier in this episode, how patient are the Lakers going to be with Russell Westbrook? Are, are they going to try to pull the plug early and blow this thing up, or at least blow the Westbrook experiment up, ship him off somewhere? It's going to be very hard. Russell Westbrook, I believe his contract is hovering around the $40 million mark. Ben Simmons makes roughly $35 million or so. So, of course, NBA trades, you have to match salaries. Philadelphia would have to add something else, or you'd have to get a third team in there and do some sort of three-team trade or a four-team trade. You know how the NBA does it. Don't Not sure how they actually do it, but they come up with some kind of way to do that. So, Rob Palenka, that ball is in your court. 
if you think Ben Simmons is going to be the answer to the Lakers prayers, then uh, Palinka, you need to pull that trigger. Bring in Ben Simmons. I'm definitely not against it. I am not a Ben Simmons fan again, but if he's wearing a purple and gold, then hey, bring him on. Bring him on in. Let's ball, baby. Let's ball. Do your thing. Facilitate that offense. Rebound. You know, run the fast break. Play that stellar defense that you play. He is an elite defender. And what do the Lakers need right now? Defense. Their defense sucks right about now. Sucks. The Lakers staple when they won the championship in the bubble was they were a very, very good defensive team. That's when back when they had uh, JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. And I think Rob Palenka may have gotten a little cute. I would have rather had JaVale McGee, but that's another topic for another day. But Ben Simmons, would I, would I pull that trigger? I would. If the Lakers are toiling around 500 after, let's say, the 30-game mark or going on the 40-game mark, and they're still you know, hovering around 20 wins, 20 losses, hey, what do you have to lose? Pull the trigger. Now the question is, will, would Philadelphia want Russell Westbrook? How will Russell Westbrook fit in with that team with Joel Embiid, Seth Curry, and Tobias Harris? You know, Russ, he's a ball-dominant player again. Is, is there any team that Russell Westbrook – let's ask this question. Is there any team that Russell Westbrook can go to and he can help them win a championship? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure right now. So we'll see how it turns out. That's my take on the – uh, rumors that's going to be floating around big time. Ben Simmons for Russell Westbrook. With that, L.A. sports fans, I'm going to leave it right there. Again, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate all your support. Thanks to the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this show. And, of course, thanks to our sponsor, DraftKings.com. If you want to join DraftKings.com and start placing bets, make sure you put in promo code TBPN and start placing your bets today. And also, if you don't want to miss any future episodes of LA Courtside Podcast, whatever platform you use to get your podcast from, whether it be Apple, Google, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, whatever platform you use to get your podcast, you will find LA Courtside Podcast. Why don't you do a search for it? And again, with that, LA basketball fans, until the next episode, Peace. Make a real jam